0: Hi there! Welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of PBC. And today we're doing a quick roundup discussion about the November listening list called "Working Hard or Hardly Working." You can find the playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com/working. And for any new listeners, PBC is like book club but for podcasts. We have over 70 chapters on six continents that meet up, usually in person, but virtually lately to discuss a monthly podcast listening list. This podcast is an extension of those conversations, and you can join one of the local chapters or our global virtual chapter by going to podcastbrunchclub.com. And as usual, I'm joined by Sarah, chapter leader of our Houston
1: chapter and founder
0: of Audible Feast.
1: Hi, Sarah. Hi, Adela. Hi, everyone. We listened to four episodes this month An episode from The Digital Workplace about whether we should be worried about AI coming for our jobs. Another from Rico Daily that talked about what companies have started doing to monitor employees' productivity now that a lot of people, almost everybody, have been working from home. An episode from Curious Minds, Innovation in Life and Work that featured an interview with Anne Helen Peterson on the challenges that millennials face in the workplace. And finally, an episode from Hidden Brain on bullshit jobs about whether anyone would notice if we stopped showing up for work. And Adela, uh, I want to hear what you think about this playlist, but also want to remind you, that you and I talked about this bullshit jobs episode (laughs) back when it came out in whatever it was, I don't know, 2018, 2016 or something like that. Uh So I distinctly remember talking about this with you. Um, And of course, nobody wants to like admit that they have a bullshit job. But um, (laughs) this I think was right, exactly. And I think this was one of the kind of the, this had to be on this list, right? Like this (laughs) is kind of like a cornerstone.
0: Yeah, well, the funny story about this is so this playlist was put together by Jenna from our, um, the chapter leader or co leader of our virtual chapter global virtual chapter. And she originally put together and a while ago, and I just haven't been able to get to it yet. She originally put together a different list on the future of work. And, you know, this was she put the playlist together before COVID-19. And, you know, so when I was about to run it, I sort of said, hey, you know, do you want to take another look at this? And I saw on her bonus list for that um, original playlist was Bullshit Jobs. And I was like, I am so dying to take it off the bonus list and put it on the main bonus or the main list because I really, really want to talk about this podcast, this episode. So she had already included it on the bonus list. And I was like, I think it's so interesting and I think it's like really discussion worthy. But I was also kind of torn about whether to do that just because, I mean, let's be honest, we feature Hidden Brain a lot, (laughs) right? Like on the playlist, Mm -hmm. we are probably every... Four to six. Months, oh,
1: but they're so good, like standalone episodes. They're so, and it's well researched. This is I like know. the, this is like the, the essence of PBC. It's, I love yeah. it.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. Like I try, I try to be really, really conscious and very, very deliberate when I like make the decision of whether or not to like allow hidden brain to be included. But like for this <laughs> one, I was like, I have, personally, I have to talk about this episode. So I was, so she ended up totally restructuring the playlist in a way that made sense for it to be on. The playlist, which I have to send my gratitude uh, Thank in you, this Jenna. month of November, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to Jenna for doing that. Um, but she did; I thought she did a fantastic job. I yeah. thought all of the all of the episodes were really interesting. I, I mean, I, I think the overarching theme throughout is this like kind of like this obsession that we have with productivity. Oh yes, and you know, and just how like that dictates everything and we're also sort of obsessed with work let's be honest you know like work is supposed to define us and who we are and what we're worth and you know some like literally and figuratively so mm-hmm. i felt like the themes were just yeah that productivity theme kept coming up and uh yeah i mean we could definitely delve into the the bullshit, bullshit jobs more but i found the Recode Daily podcast episode, like really well done, but also horrifying because, mm-hmm. oh my God, I don't want to be surveilled like that at, you know, at home. Yeah. I thought
1: workplace. Yeah, I thought that was terrific. And it totally made me want to listen to the part two, which I didn't yet, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I liked that they went through the exercise of actually you know putting this monitoring software on the computer and then the 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 person who was in the story was talking to their boss about it and they interviewed the boss and like okay how did you feel about this and she said it was creepy and i didn't want to do it i didn't i didn't want to see what my employee was doing like and i feel like i hope and i don't know i mean i i i, can, I only work in my one company so i don't know how other other companies are but i hope that this time of remote work is going to permanently change how employers think about like what is my employee doing right now and like you know what's their productivity level like you know my boss shout out to my boss who hopefully will probably never listen to this (laughs) but (laughs) shout out anyway to my boss um who like is like if you do your job like great like that's what i'm asking you to do like do it right. in whatever manner you need to do it to get it done. Like right. that is how the world should work and right. not like, oh, you need to log in at 8 a.m. on the dot. Like what? That's like so like archaic, you know, and, and and one of the other episodes, I think the when Anne Helen Peterson was talking about the, the millennial, um, you know, uh, approach to to work and everything, I I. I was thinking about some crossover, I think, between some of these episodes. I was thinking, you know, that like, yes, there's certain this certain like millennial maybe drive to feel passionate about what you do and and find joy in your work and everything. And maybe that's not really (laughs) what work is for, for everybody. Um, But I, I just, I thought like, I do hope and I do, I feel hopeful that, um, things are changing for the better because we have more people like that entering the workforce mm-hmm. and more of the old school regime of, you know, like, oh, you need to put in your hours is going to exit the workforce. Like it, it I feel, yeah. I vote for me, I feel it should be, <laughs> um, you know, you do your work and you finish it. And if you're not doing enough work, then you get more work. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like... I don't know. I don't know about that. For me, that's, yeah. So Okay, so for one thing, (laughs) one of the things that
0: I wrote down about the Recode Daily, which I thought she made a really good point, was that she does her best work when she feels like her employer trusts her, Mm -hmm. and which I think is true, too. I think that people feel uh, empowered to do things on their own, and if they're not micromanaged, they don't feel like a baby and probably won't act like a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, But- in terms of, and this kind of goes to the productivity and the bullshit jobs kind of thing, and um, this idea of, and he brought it up about, like, your company owns your time. And and he talked a lot, he talked a little bit about, like, the hourly worker. Mm-hmm. He even brought up his own experience about, like, the dishwasher thing, right, where he was, he was, like, 15, and he and a bunch of friends were dishwashing, and they were, like, eager to get the job done and really well, and so they worked really hard to get it done and fast. and done well and then the owner was like, okay, well, get to, you know, what are you doing? Just sitting around. Yeah. And so like there's no incentive to be more productive in that case, right? Because then you just get more work tacked on without actually getting more money for it. Yeah. And so I find that like I I feel like jobs should be this is what you are hired to do. This is how long we think it should take you. If you are able to find a more efficient way of doing it, Mm -hmm. then yes, if we give you more work to do, then we pay you for that work. But Mm -hmm. if you don't want, if we don't give you more work, you get your time back and Mm -hmm. that's your payment. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the trade off.
1: I think I think of that in a more, I think when I said uh, you should get more work if you don't have enough work, I think I'm thinking of it in a more like long term sense like like if i was doing a job and every single week it took me 20 hours to do the job and i i think that may, maybe i'm old school about this i think i would be bored because i wouldn't i i would it, i wouldn't feel i probably would feel guilty but um but that wouldn't be the driving factor for me. I would feel like, oh, I could be doing more with my time that would be interesting to me that could contribute something back to the company that I'm working for. Um, So this isn't right-sized. And so I think maybe what I, the ideal for me is that it's a two-way street. It's It's an employee talking to the employer, not just the employer owning the time, like you were saying, but it's like a two way communication of like I have bandwidth and I can take on more, do you have something more that you can give me so then it's I guess for me, as long as there's like an employee choice or something in it, you know, or like a, an employee input into the to the future state of of changing the scope of work, I don't know, I
0: think that's fine, but that's a promotion and should come with a financial incentive because let's say you Sarah. Then leave that job right, and the next person has to come in and fill your shoes and they're not able to fill your shoes in that way of taking on both of those roles in a forty hour work week like the original job that only took you twenty hours takes them the full forty mm-hmm. then it's sort of like they are you know what i mean like there's no sort of i don't know there's there needs to be some sort of compensation either you. Mm-hmm. And for you, it seems like the compensation is sort of like satisfaction and and like pride. For me, I have enough things that I want to do outside of work Mm -hmm. that I don't need to get paid for that I'd rather have my time back, to be honest. I'm not saying that I want to like, you know, make everything efficient so I can cram more work hours into the day. I want to make everything efficient so I can like cram more enjoyment out of my life and like go for longer walks and spend more time with my family or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. to me, the thing that is like money will come and go. Time only goes. Mm -hmm. Like there is no getting time back. And that is the thing that is most um, valuable to me. So I want to be compensated in a way that like if I find efficiencies in my job, that I don't have to fill it with other bullshit Mm -hmm. job kind of stuff just Mm -hmm. to fill my day Mm -hmm. with stuff. Or even if it makes them – it, the company, you know, even if it's not bullshit, right? Like maybe it is something that, you know, does something for the company or whatever. The only way I would do that again is if, well, I mean, I could see the satisfaction and the joy of your job if you really, really love your job. I don't really love my job. I don't. I don't know that a hundred percent of people. Do. I don't think that many yeah. people do. Actually, no. actually, I think a very small percent of people really truly love their job. Mm-hmm. But I still think that. For me, the most valuable thing is time. And I just need the money that I get from my job to pay for the time that I'm outside my job to do the things Mm -hmm. that I want to do outside my job. You know what I mean? So that's the way I kind of look at.
1: Yeah. And I think you're right. I think people have different motivations. And yeah, probably for me, if we could sit on the psychiatry couch is one of my motivations is – um you know contributing something or like yeah. you know growing with my learning or something like that and so um but yeah, at the same time I don't know. there's
0: so many things that you can do outside of your job that make you feel like yeah. you're contributing something so like let's say you work that you know you're so efficient you're so good at your job you get stuff done really quickly you get your job done in 20 hours a week you could spend that other 20 hours a week going to volunteer somewhere where it's not necessarily financial compensation, but you're getting that thing that you need, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't it doesn't have to feed this sort of productivity like rat race thing, you know. And you work for a for profit company too, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're you know you're contributing to their bottom line is at the end of the day what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you were maybe a teacher or like something where like in the nonprofit world or like grassroots or something, I I could maybe get that. I could see you getting that benefit from an organization like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. But it, there is guilt in it. There is a hundred percent guilt in there, and oh, yeah. like, I feel like there is this kind of. You and I are not millennials. I think you're close to the line. <laughs> Don't say a, it. I am
1: not. <laughs> Sorry, millennials. A lot of the, we
0: love you. <laughs> yeah, we love you guys. But like, I think that a lot of the things she brought up in that episode from Curious Minds applied to generations, not millennials. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Immediately when she started talking about um, burnout, it reminded me and we talked a little bit of this about this before about the mental load. Right. We talk about the mental load and typically it's women Mm -hmm. and like this whole list of things that you have to kind of juggle in your head and you need to offload it. But even if you offload it to your husband or your partner or somebody, you still have to like have it in your head so that you could go in check that they did it or check that they did it right. And um and that's that contributes to burnout too. So I feel like a most of the things she said I related to um and and I appreciated her sort of couching it in history too about the way that the baby boomers, you know, yeah. grew up and and their sort of, you know, like just our parents generation they saw a job as something that you will have forever. And it's like, you are loyal to that company and that company is loyal to you. And that is just not the way it is anymore.
1: Yeah. So I felt like this whole plate, this, you know, I don't always listen to these episodes in order. Um, I don't know if people do like, I'm sorry to the people who painstakingly put the episodes in a specific order. And then I'm like, go and listen in backwards or whatever. (laughs) Um, It's so funny, because at my local meetings, people always be like, what did you think of the first one? And I'm like, what
0: <laughs> totally i know it's like which one's that i don't know yeah. yeah what are you talking
1: about but um i think you know just like you were, were talking about i feel like the hidden brain episode can kind of set the stage of like this is the concept of a bullshit job and then when you get over that if you're like yeah yeah that's true mm-hmm. and maybe i've had some bullshit jobs along the way then you know you talk then the the curious minds episode i think is a, is nice cuz it shows the some of the history, uh, of maybe how we got to where we are today, and then the other two episodes are a little more future thinking, right? They're mm-hmm. forward thinking. Um, you have the the Recode Daily episode that'll totally freak you out about, you know, <laughs> who's spying on you in the future, or even now, and yeah. and then the digital workplace episode where um, Byron Reese was talking about technology and how it will kind of always if you have technology in your job and you you make your job better with technology you will always have a job and I wanted to know if you buy into that
0: well it's funny you're asking me this because I during listening to the episodes I started writing myself notes and on my notes for that episode I asked this very question do you agree with his premise that increasing human productivity is always good because that was like one thing he just like Stated almost exactly verbatim. And I was like, that's, I don't, I don't agree with that. No, I I don't don't either. I just don't.
1: Yeah. No, no, I don't either. And I, I think Byron Reese was very steadfast in his beliefs that technology Mm -hmm. is good. And I think... I, don't, I just don't, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, if you look at sort of like
0: the macro level, and I think he even said this, like if you look at the at the picture from a macro sense, right, like we have, you know, like the, I think a lot of the fears that we have around AI taking our jobs uh has happened in the past Mm -hmm. like we i think people were worried about like what are the horse and buggy drivers going to do when the car come, you know becomes ubiquitous and things like that so that's kind of his more he's looking at a more macro level but i just i mean i think that human productivity is exactly why we're in this environmental and climate crisis that we're in yeah and i find it really weird that he just categorically was like human productivity is like just it's good Mm -hmm. and i'm like good for who and for what Mm -hmm. like for Mm -hmm. humans or for the planet because it's definitely not good for the planet yeah so
1: oh that's a that is a if you haven't talked about this with your podcast brunch club that is a great thing to delve into that would Mm -hmm. oh that could even be its own like playlist we could have a productivity in the planet yeah exactly oh man yeah good
0: yeah and you know i mean there were certain things that i was i kind of like chuckled at. like he He was saying, uh, like, a plumber is never, and I think in the moment, he was like, never is a very strong word. I shouldn't probably use that, but plumbers will never be automated. And I just laugh at that because I've been telling my husband for, like, years that he needs to get his sons into, like, plumbing and electrician, like, being plumbers and electricians because they are so, they are, they are doing well right now, Um, (laughs) and, like, it, and And they talked about college in the um curious minds episode and and I'm sure we've talked about this on the on the podcast, but i you know college is becoming one of those things that it's a it's a huge investment, and people I don't think are getting the return on their investment that they used to get yeah i mean even with state schools, state schools are still extremely expensive i mean, if you look at you know I went to a state school and I think I paid ten grand a year for like tuition and like and room and board, like all in mm-hmm. 10 grand, so $40,000 to go to a state school. And it's like quadruple that now, you know, for first in state. And but the starting salary is not quadruple no. what my starting salary was. My starting salary, and granted, I graduated, and I'm gonna tell you all my age now. <laughs> um, I graduated in '98 when you know in the middle of the dot com boom, so I was snatched up as a college graduate. And shortly after that, that wasn't the case for people. But, um but you know, my starting salary was like forty one or forty two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It has not the starting salary has not <laughs> it, it has not
1: quadrupled no. since then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like I I don't know. I mean, I think that. I think it's a shift just like any other shift. Right. I mean, it's the same argument that you hear with, you know, like mining communities, right. Or that, you know, we don't want to rely on nuclear power because we have all these people who are miners, you know, but like, we've got to, we've got to kind of adjust and we've got to change and we've got to kind of roll with punches. And I think shifts will happen. And I think, it won't happen tomorrow. It's just a gradual shift, just like everything else has ever been. But I do appreciate that he brought up universal basic income Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and was like, I believe in it. I think that we should, was it him or was it the Hidden Brains guy? The guest? I
1: can't remember.
0: Actually, it might have been the Hidden Brains guest. Um, Hidden Brain. (laughs) In, in case you have multiple brains. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they're hidden. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not there. <laughs> they're not visible. Um, I think somebody brought up universal basic income. And I appreciated that. Because again, for me, it's about like, I don't know, like the idea of automation is not that scary to me, but it's the mm-hmm. idea of not being paid for work that is scary for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you want to take away my job, fine. If you want to replace me with a robot, okay, but I still want to get my salary. Yeah. I still want to like live the same lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, his argument is that there will be this trickle up, right? There will be right. this, people will, if if we take away non-meaningful work in the the, you know, customer service realm, then you will, you know, you don't have to be doing data entry, but you can move up to be doing more human things like solving problems. And I totally believe in that. However, I don't think that that really works in practice. And I think Mm -hmm. people don't end up getting paid for like, it's like, well, you're really you're doing you're quote unquote, doing less now, right? Like you're not doing these, like, these manual things that you had to do that were so time consuming. Now we're paying you more for your brain. And, you know, I'm not sure that that's as valuable to the company. It just depends. Like, It's a, it's, it's a fascinating, I think I probably, that episode in itself, I probably could have had a whole podcast brunch club Mm -hmm. uh, meeting about. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. Great choice overall of all these episodes. They were, they were really um, well thought out. And thanks Jenna again for putting together a great list. Thanks Jenna.
0: Before we diverge, I grabbed some audio clips with permission from some of the PBCers at a recent virtual chapter meeting. Let's hear what they had to say. So this is Steph.
1: I'm an American expat currently in Albania. And uh, every time I come in and out of the U.S. to work for any length of time, it's been abundantly obvious how the workplace has changed and not in favor of the employee. So it was really reassuring, although sad, but reassuring to hear some of the things that were said in these podcast episodes, because I've, I've seen these and experienced these, as I'm sure many of you have. And it's one of the reasons I don't live in the U.S. right now is because it's, oh, the workplace is a challenging, challenging place. So I, I really, really liked this list. I got through all of them really fast.
0: Now let's hear from Joe.
1: I remember listening somewhere that um, like to constantly be at work was now the upper class thing to do mm. and like yeah. not have things going on was like, low I mean whatever you want to say. Like yeah, lows, is like certifically like lower class as opposed to, I don't know, a hundred years ago when like aristocrats would like revel in not doing anything. Um <sighs> and like working class people would constantly be doing like 80 hour work weeks. Um so it's interesting that it's kind of like flipped as like a social like a, a social class signifier.
0: And here's Jenna talking about the shift toward metrics and reporting unemployee productivity, especially as we heard about in the Recode Daily episode.
1: I, yeah, I would love to know more about like the shift of how that all happened. Was it that we were trying to put an industrial mindset into an office setting, and we just never really kind of changed our expectations as the nature of work changed? Mm. Was it was it because of the rise of the consulting world? I think one of the episodes touched on that a little bit too, and how do you to justify a consultant's work, you have to have some type of report or some type of data for them to measure. But yeah, I, I agree. It seems like there's several things that are just totally misaligned here.
0: And finally, at the end of every podcast brunch club meeting, we always talk about what other podcasts we're loving lately. And let's hear Eric's recommendation. So one show I'd love to recommend, it kind of fits with this, but it's a show, it's a new
1: show called Enthusiast that is great. It's it's like seven minute episodes. they're kind of short and sweet but it's basically somebody who's really into some kind of hobby and just just loves talking about it um and you you can listen to all of them probably an hour or less i just binged all seven or eight episodes and it's it's a great short little podcast it's almost like i it's just the person talking it almost feels like a song exploder Mm -hmm. about somebody's hobby but Mm -hmm. short. it's just kind of like interesting
0: so now we're going to diverge and talk about our latest podcast finds. So, Sarah, what do you have for us this month?
1: Okay, I have two. Um, I have. I am listening. Was listening to um this show called Canary from the Washington Post and it's uh depressing however mm. it is <laughs> about two women who are came from different generations and they are connected by sexual assault um not from the same person but there's a connection between them which I don't want to give away but um they 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 kind of connect through this podcast and um you know, it was just a, a really tender story where uh, a woman who was assaulted decades ago comes forward and tells her story. And all the things that you think they would talk about, they do. They say, why are you coming forward now? And, well, you know, in the, like, of course, because we're, it's 2020 and we're still talking about this kind of stuff. Of course, they'll say, like, how do we know you're not lying or, you mm-hmm. know, it, so all of the questioning and all of the interviewing and everything it really demonstrates for me like why people do not come forward sooner um you know this poor woman who did tell her story she was just like distraught just crying through so many of these interview questions and you know she it wasn't like mean or anything she was you know obviously a willing participant she wanted to tell the story but You just cannot help but feel for someone. And um, I thought it was really brave. And I listened to one episode thinking, I'll just give this a chance. Mm -hmm. And then I binge binge the whole Mm -hmm. thing. So it's a seven part thing. And then um, on a lighter note, um, (laughs) I started I know we talked about this years ago because I loved the show when it came out. Dear Young Rocker is back and it is on a new network. It was independent before and now it has joined up with Double Elvis Productions and iHeartRadio. So, mm. very big, very big jump Different. from independent yeah. to that. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of like confused in the beginning when I heard the new marketing for the show because I thought they totally presented it like it was a brand new show mm-hmm. and i was like mm, she's already done a lot of work on this show so mm-hmm. it's not brand new like i just i was like i wanted to stand up for chelsea Erson. she's the <laughs> she's the the person who created the show but anyway it it picks up with young rocker chelsea as she is entering college and she um you know her the show is kind of a mix of her story of her life but also advice to other quote unquote, young rocker girls, you know, like if you're really passionate about something like music, like you should follow your dreams. Right. And um, so when she enters college, she subsequently gets involved with some really scary cult ish people. And, you know, it's I mean, it was like fascinating. She's a great storyteller. There's a lot of her original music in it, which is really cool. And, you know, central to the story is always that the place that music holds in her life And that gets challenged by this new cultish group that she's associated with. So anyway, it was a it's it's been a really nice um, rabbit hole to go down when I don't want to when I want to get away from the politics and everything. Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
0: Well, that actually is a good segue to my recommendation, which is not it's not a new podcast find for me, but I just want to shout it out. Um, Kind World. And I may have already done this. So I apologize for our loyal listeners who have maybe heard me shout this one out already. But Kind World is from WBUR, which is uh, Boston's uh, NPR station. And it's just little stories about people doing nice things for other people or like just like the way that the world is kind and not awful, like most of the media Uh, stories seem to have us believe. Um, So it's just a nice break from all of the messiness of what we're living through right now in many, many realms. Um, But I also posted, as usual, on our Facebook group, which if you haven't yet, you need to join, you guys. Uh, It's, I believe, the uh, direct URL is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast brunch club. And it's just like a group of really awesome people who like to share podcast recommendations and we can talk about the playlist and we can, you know, like I'll post a poll about like which was your favorite episode and things like that. But I posted a question um, and asked for the most underrated or underappreciated podcasts. And I'm just going to just mention a couple of the answers I got here. So Louisa said, an arm and a leg. It's about the cost of healthcare in the United States, covers insights into billing, hospital policy, drug prices, insurance, and medical life hacks. There are two seasons which I would recommend catching up on, but each episode is a standalone topic. And I have to like ditto this. Like if I can, I don't know, whatever triple ditto would be. (laughs) I would do that. It it sounds super boring when when you tell it's like a podcast about healthcare, but it's really, really, really good. Yeah. And it's like yeah, it's good storytelling and they have like people who have figured out their workarounds and how to like like work around the system and they have different resources and he's all about self-defense and how you can like Do these, you know, what are the different resources out there for just like the regular people who are getting screwed by healthcare companies and insurance companies and stuff like that. And it's really, really good. Highly, highly recommend. Um, So Kat uh, recommends Sick Boy, which she says is three chaps with chronic illness. She says it sounds depressing, but actually it's more of a Carpe Diem vibe. So, okay. Uh, I think I've heard of that podcast before. I haven't checked it out yet, though. Sarah recommends Radio Rental, both seasons. She says it's just delightfully creepy true stories, Ooh. not crime really, just interesting.
1: So then it would check in Adela box because it would not be crime related. It's yes, <laughs> not crime. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Uh, I'm okay with creepy, though. Like, mm-hmm. I like creepy. Sure. There's a time I, and a place. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely a place because, like, if I'm by myself at home <laughs> at night, and that's time too. No. Don't do that. But... Uh, so Jill also recommends, uh, she said, I've been super into Bird Note Presents grouse. Mm. It's about the sage grouse and its declining population out west and touches on the environment, rural life, biology, etc. It's super well done.
1: That's awesome. So, cool. Yeah. Very diverse. Yeah. yeah.
0: So if anybody out there has any thoughts or podcast recommendations that you'd like to share, you can send us an audio clip to podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com.
1: Before we wrap up, a heads up that our theme in December is Generations, and you'll be able to find the podcast list at podcastbrunchclub.com slash generations. You can also find out how to join us at our worldwide meetings at podcastbrunchclub.com. Thanks for joining us this month. Happy listening. Thank you for
0: listening and being a part of the Podcast Brunch Club community. Do you have any thoughts on our discussion this month? send a message or voice memo to podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com. PBC is a passion project and we rely on support from our global community to continue bringing people together in person and online. So if you feel like PBC has contributed to your life in any way, please consider becoming a patron or making a one-time donation. Go to podcastbrunchclub.com slash support for more information. If you're interested in becoming an organizational partner, go to podcastbrunchclub.com slash sponsors. A quick thanks to our early partners. Podbean. For one free month of podcast hosting, go to podbean.com slash PBC. Podchaser, the IMDB of podcasts. Listen notes, a podcast search engine. Critical frequency, the podcast network for everyone else. The Venn Media a weekly newsletter for Curious Minds and Lantigua Williams and Company Podcast Network, telling stories in the seams of society. Finally, some credits for this episode. Katie DeFiori is our audio editor. Music is from Chad Crouch and Miss Ayal Ghana, downloaded from Free Music Archive. I'm Adela, founder of Podcast Brunch Club, and as always, thanks and happy listening.